Welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by RSM. When it comes to innovative technology, today is a great time to be in the food and beverage processing industry as it wrestles with the future. A future driven by automation, the digital and data revolution, artificial intelligence, and augmented reality. In today's Food for Thought episode, which is the second part of a two-part series brought to you by RSM, Christian Wensler, principal at RSM, explains where he sees those innovative technologies making the biggest impact in food and beverage. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi again, listeners, and welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. I'm here again with Christian Wensler from RSM and uh, glad that he's joining us. This is actually the second of uh, a series of podcasts I'm doing with Christian. So Christian, thanks for joining me again. Appreciate all the insight you offered on resilient supply chain in the first episode that we did. Um, Looking forward to speaking with you here the second time around. Thanks for having me back. It's an exciting topic to talk about. So looking forward to conversation. You know, looking from your perch with your involvement with clients and, and looking over the rest of the food and beverage industry, what are some of the latest innovations, the technology out there that really, you know, kind of gets you excited about where the future lies for the food and beverage industry? It's it's interesting, right? So last last we spoke, right, we we talked about how data is really the new currency and it's going to be critical. And I think that's that's something where a lot of it has happened. But when you look at some of the new things on the horizon, the exciting things, right? These are topics like industry 4.0 that makes it into the food space. Um, you know, we've got artificial intelligence, obviously, some advancements in robotics and and farming technologies where we're really seeing some cool stuff happening and and then there's some other things out there right augmented reality has made an entrance you know sustainability or technologies around that are a big topic and uh, overall just automation is something where companies are focusing a lot on too yeah so automation you know my my past life i covered the meat and poultry industry pretty extensively and watched the watched the industry go from very very manual to very heavily automated in you know i don't know a decade and a half or so um so my my viewpoint on automation i've been walking around amazed and wowed by all the things that robots and automation can do uh, because I've seen it incorporated over time. Um, give give our readers some perspective on the segments that you think or you see that are leading the charge in terms of automation and robotics and really breaking out the the really impressive technology and really you know trailblazing in a sense when it comes to that aspect of innovation. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that, right? We have some areas of the food supply chain that actually have been been utilizing some of those technologies for a long time. So I think we're definitely 
you know, from a purely building automation perspective in the processing facilities, we're, we're, we're in a good spot. Where, however, we see, you know, a lot of things, a lot of exciting things happening is if we push that upstream into more the, the farming uh, operation, because that's where a lot of today, where still a lot of activity is done manually. So again, where you've seen some of the processing facilities, right, connecting lines and automating some of the processes there, that, that just hasn't happened there yet. But if you're, you know, if you're thinking about, okay, we can now uh, put sensors into a field, right? We can utilize drones. We're starting to see some picking, ro ro you know, robots out there in the field. Uh, that's something that's again, it's still early on, but we're starting to see a lot of push in that space uh, because that is a space where there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of room for growth, and I think that's very exciting to see some of that happening. And uh, really, really looking forward to see what uh, you know what the what the industry does here. One of the other things that obviously you know is rearing its head into the industry quite a bit, and we've written about it and done podcasts and webinars and everything else on it is artificial intelligence AI. What kind of insights can you give our listeners about? AI and where it is, how it's going to change food and beverage, or is already changing food and beverage in some ways? I think when we talk about artificial intelligence, we have to really divvy the supply chain up into different areas. It, it's very hard to make a broad statement of you know AI and the food industry. And I say that because there's some areas that it is here, so if you think about on the the demand forecasting side, for example, we're because we have a lot of that data available, and that's really what's underlying to some of the AI components, is utilizing that to forecast trends, utilizing that to forecast uh, what the demand is going to look like. Um, that we have technologies placed that can do that today, and that's really exciting. If you look at you know the supply side, right, we're, we're starting to see more and more of that data being captured. Uh, so if you think about, you know, mentioned the term industry 4.0, right? It's it's really digitizing your landscape, right, your processing facility or your farm, and then utilizing some of those sensors to make better projections of what am I going to harvest, what spray applications do I need to do to optimize my yield, right? Some of those things are coming and, and that's where we're still, you know, we're still a little further away, but we're starting to see some really exciting stuff happening in that space. And I think once that comes back, right, that's really going to be something that's going to support people out there in, in making better decisions. And then the last thing is, if you just think, you know, back office, there's a lot of processes, you know, for taking, we mentioned, didn't mention this before, but even automation there, where you can utilize artificial intelligence in combination with automation to optimize some of those back office processes. And again, we're, we're seeing a lot of stuff happening in that space. Companies are incorporating AI or, or co-pilots, right, which are these assistants that help you do your job better, quicker, more efficient into those technologies and tools that we're using on a day-to-day -day basis. So I think that's something that, again, if you look forward six, nine, 12 months, 
there's going to be a lot of advancement made in that space, and that's really exciting. Kristen, you also mentioned augmented reality, and I know, you know, for any of the listeners who are out there and and have been to some of these trade shows over the years, we've kind of seen the food and beverage industry dabbling in it, trying to figure out the best way to use augmented reality uh, to their benefit, of course. Where where do you see that coming into play and, and where do you see that in its development stages, if you will, or its development cycle when it comes to food and beverage? Yeah, it's a good question because it's one of those technologies that's actually, if you if you look at what's out there, there's some fairly mature use cases for it. Where the challenge comes into play today is two things. One is just the equipment itself, because we're working in an environment that is not uh, kind to technology. So it's got to be really be able to operate in that environment and then just cost. But where we're seeing companies finding a lot of value in it is in maintenance, right? If you're thinking about what what augmented reality does, it's you, you wear a device, you look at the real world, and you can supplement something with information. So if you have a machine that needs maintenance, you don't need someone to go and pull out a maintenance handbook and figure out what parts that they need and when they need to do it. So you can be much more efficient when you go through these activities. You know, you increase your uptime, which obviously is always something that we're looking for. So there's a lot of use cases in that area where we're seeing augmented reality really making a push and, and finding, again, an application where companies saying like, oh, this is great. This is really helping me in this space. Food and beverage industry, you know, has had its struggles with getting getting qualified, high qualified workers to be in their plants and and all of that even before the pandemic. And of course, that made it worse. Do you see on the skilled worker side, because you're going to need some pretty extensive skills to work with these technologies and keep them running, you know, efficiently and replacing parts and maintaining them and things like that. Do you see growth in the training and development of the skilled workers that need to be brought on board to keep up with augmented reality and keep up with AI and industry 4.0 and all the automation. What what do you see out there when it comes to building that workforce and retaining those those skilled workers? Yeah, that's definitely something that again why I think the adoption of some of those technologies is is slow, right? It is it's definitely a different skill set. What I will say is that the providers of some of those technologies have recognized that as well. So they are, you know, the first wave is always like, well, here's the technology, it's cool. Now the second wave, and we're seeing that already in those different areas, is they're, they're trying to make interfaces very usable. So you don't need a, you know, a PhD uh, that can build a user guide around, uh, let's say again, we're, we're going back to our example of augmented reality and how to maintain something. It really just needs a power user. You know, you need someone that's a little technology savvy, but uh, you, you, they don't need to, again, they don't need to be that advanced to, to build this out. And companies recognize that because again, they wanna create adoption. They wanna push adoption of those technologies. And if they can't do that, if they cannot bring it to organizations in a consumable way, 
then they're, they're going to have to realize, right, there's not going to be any, any adoptions out there, you know, around that. Now, there's a lot of companies that will help you with that too, right, To that can take on some of those services. And that's, I mean, we saw it as on the technology side, what we didn't mention, right, is this, this going to the cloud, because you don't want to maintain a lot of infrastructure in-house. So you want to utilize technologies that live in the cloud. And this is, some of these technologies are going to have a very similar aspect here, where companies, they may not hire someone that, knows all of these technologies, right? They might dip into some service providers to help them with different parts of it. And then the internal team is really just, they maintain, they keep things going. But when there's new things coming up, again, they're gonna dip into those pools. That is, you know, adding here a benefit of, of, of that distributed workforce that we have now, right? That you can find those resources everywhere in the world, really. You don't have to have them locally. And so that's a benefit for companies actually take advantage of that, bring some of those resources in, help them build some of these technologies and get them off the ground. And then they can just have a local resource that kind of maintains it, but doesn't have to continue to build it. What are some of the other challenges that processors face when it comes to actually implementing these technologies? And again, saying these technologies that I'm aware we, we've talked about quite a few and some of them are tied together, some are not, but what, what other challenges do you see processors having to overcome for this? I, I think a big challenge is not necessarily implementation of the technologies. It is, uh, it's, it's twofold. One is at an organizational level to really recognize the benefits and also understand that it, this is a long-term value proposition. Right, you may not gain something tomorrow, but it's going to put you in a much, much better position a week, a month, a year, two years from now. And then the other aspect of it is it's just overall change management, right? Food and food companies, processors, right? They're traditionally um, operating against a people business too, and they've been there for a long time. The workforce stays there for a long time. So if you're changing processes, if you're changing how they're doing things. It isn't necessarily a challenge on the technology side. It is a people problem or or, or more a, a challenge on the people side, because, again, you're, you're going to have them to adapt to those new ways of doing things and, and making them understand that, hey, this is enhancing what you can do. It's not replacing you. Right. It's allowing you to be more efficient, to better understand, to do your job better. And so that component is a huge, where well, we see a huge challenge with customers that want to introduce some of those new technologies is that resistance within the organization. For everyone listening in today to our Food for Thought podcast, thanks for tuning into this episode. You can find more of our podcasts at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere you can find podcasts. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future and have a great day.